You are listening to Let's Talk Trio on podcasts. Keep up with the latest episodes by downloading the Podbean app or stream episodes via our social media accounts. Search for Let's Talk Trio on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This episode is sponsored by Student Access. Student Access, the leader in Trio software. Student Access is an online database solution that allows TRIO programs to track their students' information, connect with students by text messages, streamline the APR, and work from anywhere, all online, with automatic updates for changes from the Department of Education. Their technical support team includes former TRIO staff and has over 50 years of combined experience working with TRIO. Make it easier to focus on your priority, the students. For more information and to request a free demo, visit their website at www.studentaccess.com or call them toll-free at 1-800-801-1232. That website again is www.studentaccess.com or 1-800-801-1232. Be sure to share your favorite episodes on your social media by tapping that share button. This is a great way to support the podcast. Now here's your host, Juan Rivas. Thank you, Emilia, for that wonderful introduction. Hello, listener, and welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Trio. I am your host, Juan Rivas. In today's episode, we have Elijah Sandoval, who is a current participant of the Academic Advancement Center at Colorado State University. Elijah is on the podcast to talk about their educational journey, their experiences at Colorado State University and other colleges, and what it means to continue and persist in a college environment. So coming up in just a bit, Elijah Sandoval. A huge thanks to our sponsors, Angelica Villalpando, Rosario O'Reilly, Dr. Ryan Barone, Dr. Jamie Motley, Angelica Valdez, Jaded Electronics, TrioJobList.com, Nosotros Education Center, and Student Access. Thank you all so much for your continued support of this podcast. You too can be a sponsor of the Let's Talk Trio podcast. Head on over to Patreon and search for Let's Talk Trio. Choose one of four patron levels. You can support this podcast for as little as a dollar a month. A dollar a month goes a long way in supporting this podcast. If you would like to give a one-time donation to the Let's Talk Trio podcast, Head on over to PayPal and search for us using our business handle, at Let's Talk Trio. Again, it's the at symbol, Let's Talk Trio, all together. If you would like to nominate a participant, staff, or alumni to be on the podcast, send us an email at letstalktrio at gmail.com. That email again is L-E-T-S-T-A-L-K-T-R-I-O at gmail.com. Again, a great episode featuring Elijah Sandoval, a participant of the Academic Advancement Center at Colorado State University. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Hi, Trio Nation. My guest on the Let's Talk Trio podcast is a current participant of the Academic Advancement Center at Colorado State University. They served as a vice president for Associated Students at Colorado State University for the academic year 2022 to 2023. In their free time, they enjoy traveling, spending time with their boyfriend, fiance, has a black cat named Salem, and looks forward to working in higher education. 
Welcome to the podcast, Elijah Sandoval. Elijah, welcome. Hello. Hi. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. I guess I have one correction to make for you. He's not my boyfriend. He's my fiance. So fiance, official. So official. It's official. <laughs> he is now fiance. He has upgraded the title. Yes. <laughs> Congratulations. When did this uh, engagement happen? Thank you. So uh, it happened on April 1st of this year. And I know like what you're thinking, April Fool's Day, that's odd. <laughs> um, but that's actually our anniversary. We have been together Aww. for eight years now. And that's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> eight years engaged. And, uh, you know, you're doing a lot of great things at CSU. Um, just uh, for a little, for the audience, I've known Elijah for a little under a year now, and I can tell you that Elijah is very, very much passionate about education. Can you tell us a little bit more about what you do at CSU? Yeah, so I am the current, or I guess outgoing, student body vice president for um, the, or the Associated Students of Colorado State University, ASCSU, which is our student government on campus. Um, I also work in the Academic Advancement Center as a peer mentor, um, and I'm just a mentor really to everybody who needs it, like on my free time. And I'm also a full-time student, so I do quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, you're juggling a lot of things all at once. So this semester has certainly flown by, and as of this recording, you're in finals week right now. How do you feel? I, I feel great. Um, oh, yeah? I... Like to put it lightly, I am so tired that literally today, because I had no finals, I didn't have anything today, I was off. I slept a majority of the day and oh, wow. it felt yeah, recovery. so amazing. So <laughs> I'm so thankful that another semester has ended, but I'm also really, really happy that it's ended because then I can just sleep and relax and spend time with my fiance and my cat and just relax. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, talk to us a little bit about yourself, Elijah. What do you enjoy doing and what have you liked most about living in Fort Collins? Yeah, so I actually live in Loveland. So about a 30 Oh, you minute, live in Loveland? Yeah, about a 30 minute drive from Fort Collins, but I spend a majority of my time in Fort Collins. Um, I like to say that I, I sleep in Loveland and I live in Fort Collins. <laughs> um, but I really enjoy being on campus, hanging out with people. I love like going to different, the little different stores in um, Old Town and seeing like the old mom and pop shops. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I have yet to find a really good Mexican restaurant because that's the one thing that I'm missing from Denver is a really mm. good, authentic yeah. Mexican restaurant. And it's, have... it's tough out here. It yeah. is tough out here. <laughs> <laughs> it's so hard. <laughs> like, think... in, in Denver, it's like, you have a Mexican restaurant on like every corner and uh -huh. someone like someone in a little cart or a cooler selling tamales at the grocery store. But yep. here it's like you have to go searching for it. Yeah, it is absolutely like a treasure hunt to get Mexican mm -hmm. food out here. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have a favorite spot? Uh, I know uh, just we heard you say Fort Collins, uh, Old Town seems like to be a good favorite spot. Well, what about on campus? What do you like to where do you like to be on campus? Yeah, so I have a few different spots. Um, first, I love hanging out in AAC um, in the office. Good old Gibbons I, Hall. In Gibbons Hall. Yep. I, <laughs> I love the fact that it's it's on campus, but it's like 
so separated from campus that Mm. it's so quiet and I love the fact that the train goes by like literally almost every 30 minutes like clockwork the train comes by (laughs) (laughs) and I love that um I also let's see I think it's called the cube by the library it's the glass like a cube (laughs) I guess connected to the library um Mm -hmm. I like going in there and going on the very top floor because I like people watching and Mm. it makes me feel like a spy when I'm in there and just (laughs) watching students on campus. So those are my, my favorite places. (laughs) What I've read, or I think I've I've heard in an article is that those who like to people watch have like an elevated sense of their themselves and Mm -hmm. the surroundings and their place kind of in the universe, which is always trippy to think about. Yeah. And I think it's also like the fact that um, I'm, I like to call myself neurospicy. I have, oh, what does that um, mean? It's so I'm neurodivergent. So like I have ADHD, anxiety, depression, all, all that fun stuff, but I'm more hyper aware of my surroundings than your average neurotypical person. Mm-hmm. Uh, so being high up like that, like I'm able to still get work done, but I'm still able to watch around me. Whereas if I were sitting like in the middle of the library or in the middle of the plaza, I would literally just be watching everybody else instead of focusing on what I need to do. Right. Okay. Okay. That makes (laughs) sense. So Elijah, we're going to rewind the clock a little bit. We're going to talk about a little bit about your upbringing. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? And what was that like for you? Yeah. So um, like I said, I'm, I'm neurodivergent. So it was definitely a challenge. Mm -hmm. Um, I also went to a private Catholic school, my literally my entire life from um, kindergarten all the way up until my senior year in high school, I graduated from a Catholic high school. So it was very different with Mm -hmm. the fact that like disabilities, I don't want to say they didn't exist or they didn't like weren't seen, but they, they weren't seen, they weren't acknowledged. Like they knew that I had, I was special and I use air quotes for special, but they didn't help me the way that I wanted to, like they Mm -hmm. needed to be helped. They literally like separated me from the class during English and math time. And I went to a different room. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was very like, it was very different. Um, Also the fact that I was raised by a single mom and mm. I'm an only child. And my mom, like there were times where she would work two jobs just to like put food on the table, just to make sure that like it started off with wanting to give me a good Christmas. And then it was it kind of morphed into, hey, we have extra spending money. This is nice. So she continued working two jobs the majority of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but that also meant that like when I get up, she would be leaving for work. I'd kiss her and say, okay, mommy, I love you. Have a good day at work. And then by the time I got home, I was putting myself to bed, giving myself dinner, putting myself Mm -hmm. to bed. And then she would come home Mm -hmm. um, and then kiss me goodnight. So it was, it was very different, but it, I met, it meant that I was very self-sufficient, which I don't think is a bad thing, but I definitely didn't have your normal childhood. I guess. No, yeah. I think you grew up already being self-sufficient, independent. You already had a taste of that independency. So that totally makes sense. Would it be fair to say that your mom valued education? She did. Um, She, honestly, she valued me doing good for myself more than anything. And that just happened to be in line with education. 
um, it was my grandparents that put an emphasis on education because, you know, they were like, in order to get a good job, you need to go to college, you need to have a degree, this, that, and the other. And while that's true, it's not as true as it was when they were growing up. I mean, you I know, they're my grandparents, they were growing up in right. like the 40s and the 50s. And my mom was growing up in the 60s and the 70s. So a lot has changed between the 50s and now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, She definitely wanted me to just do good for myself. She wanted me to do whatever made me happy. And for the longest time, it was school. School made me happy. I loved learning. I loved like figuring out new things, like essentially learning my place in the world. Um, But she was also very supportive when I took some time off from school in 2015 Mm-hmm. I call it my three-year semester break because it was only supposed to be a semester. It was so, uh-huh. it was supposed to be just one semester, and it then it turned into three years. Wow! Um, but she was supportive of that. She was like, yeah. "Do what you need to do to find yourself. Do what you need to do to make money for yourself. And mm-hmm. if you want to take a break from school, I support that." So that is incredibly supportive. That's awesome. Yeah. Do you do you remember what you wanted to be when you were little? <laughs> I do. You do. I, I, I do. You're laughing because I think you have your your career all pictured out in your mind. Uh, so what yeah. was it? What, what did you want to be? I. Oh my god! I look back at this and I just I have to laugh because I wanted to be the first woman in the NFL. I wanted to play football. Oh wow! But wow. here here's the kicker. I hate. <laughs> no pun football. intended. Yeah. <laughs> I have never seen, oh, I'll take that back. It's like, I've never, when I was little, I had not seen a football game. I remembered them as like my mom yelling at the TV on Sunday morning and me trying to play with my Barbies Mm. or be in my room and like listening to music, trying to drown out her screaming. (laughs) Um, But I wanted to be the first woman, the first woman football player. Oh, that's, that's super interesting. That is, uh, that's awesome. First of all, that's amazing. Um, but I got to ask, uh, who was your mom rooting for? She was rooting for the Broncos. She's, ah, she's a diehard Broncos die fan. Broncos like fan. Right. she, even if they are on a losing streak, which I remember there were years where they were on a, a mega losing streak. Like yeah. she, she supported them. She was like ride or die. Ride or die Broncos fan. What about you? Uh, I, I'm guessing you've learned the game of football by this point. So yeah, now um, I have started watching football, but the only reason why I started watching it was because I had tra- I had got into CSU and I started going to CSU, mm-hmm. and that was a way for me and my mom to connect. Like we would Facetime each other during the game. We would make sure that like, it, like we would literally like she'd pause it and be like, "Okay, I'm at this place. This is what." Is like she would describe what's on the TV, and I'm like, okay, I see it. Hit play now, and we would like sync up our TVs with each other. Wow. Um, and we would be FaceTiming with each other through the entire game, and she would explain to me what what is happening in real time. Yeah, that's and so cool. That tradition actually started last semester. Mm. Um, because I had. Yeah, it was last semester. Um, I had gone to my first football game and or was it the semester? It was a semester before that, um, the year before that. So 2021, when I first started, I'd gone to my first football game and I really enjoyed it. And I was like, okay, I kind of want to 
watch it and figure out what's happening. So every yeah. season when there's a home game or even on a away game, we would sit there and, and watch the game together. So that's amazing. now I, I root for the Rams because that's literally the only one that I know. <laughs> <laughs> you all, you're coming to college here. So you automatically have to root for the Rams. Exactly. And I'll be honest, like coming to work here, I, I was like a perk getting to root for the Rams, supporting Rams athletics. So I'm right there with you. Yeah. It's a perk. <laughs> um, so when you were little, did you automatically like school? Were you like, were you drawn to school? Were you like, yes, got to go to school? Or uh, did you have a different attitude toward it? I think I had a love-hate relationship with it. I love hate. Um, yeah. Like there were parts of school that I loved. Like I found that I, I loved reading. And this was actually in high school when I found found these loves. Mm-hmm. Um, I found that I I found out that I loved reading. I loved books, um, fantasy books to Ooh, be exact. Um, I gotta I gotta ask, uh, what type of fantasy genres are you into like futuristic sci-fi or are you more uh kind of um medieval type of fantasy yeah I gotta gotta ask that yeah so medieval medieval fantasy definitely um so like Harry I say Harry Potter but Harry Potter is not really medieval I guess it's kind of medieval because because it's right it's uh, they they it takes place in modern but when yeah, they go but through, like when they go to the school, it's yeah, like medieval. It's definitely like a medieval feel type. Like yeah. you're just kind of like magic and weapons. That's what you're, that's what you're boiled down to. Yeah, exactly. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, you're good. Um, but then also like, I had I was obsessed with Twilight for the longest <laughs> oh, really? time. I cannot laugh at you for that. I cannot yeah. laugh at you for that. I mean, I still kind of am. Like when Midnight Sun came out, I was mm. so excited, and I read it like right when I bought it. I read it and it took me like maybe four hours to read it all the way oh, through. wow yeah so I, I still kind of obsessed a little bit not as much um but so I guess like teen romance so definitely young adults YA fiction adventure um but then also as I grew up my style has changed to um like self-help psychology like just books that really like are more science-based so but yeah I I realized my love of reading in school but I hated math I absolutely hated math I'm dyslexic and me and numbers just it's it's alphabet soup up here I hate it I can't Mm, I'm sorry Um, (laughs) and then so yeah I loved reading hated math I really enjoyed like I had some Um, like during my social studies classes we talked a lot about like criminal justice and the law and we did some civics stuff and I really enjoyed that so like I guess if I'm really into a subject and I really like it then Mm -hmm. I excel at it I love it yeah if I'm not into a subject or I hate it I get so bored that I just zone out and I end up failing the class because I'm I'm bored (laughs) yeah (laughs) um so then in that same vein, can you talk to us about your middle school and high school years? What were they like for you? I hated high school. Oh. Um, middle school was still kind of blended because um, I went to the same school from fourth grade to eighth grade. So mm-hmm. to me, there was no middle school. It was it was just grade school. Mm-hmm. Um, so really not much has ch- not much changed with that. But when I went into high school, I, I hated it. Um, 
I went, I'm not going to name the school because I don't want to throw them under the bus. I'm sure it's gotten, gotten better over time, but the school that I went to, like they, it seemed like they only focused on the low income first gen students, which is fine. Like, Mm -hmm. because I was, I was considered first gen at the time, or I still am, but I wasn't, they, they didn't see me as low income. So they kind of just didn't pay attention to me. Mm -hmm. Um, they brushed me off. Um, that is, that's middle school or high school is when I like seriously got diagnosed with depression and anxiety. Um, without giving too much away, I'll just say this. I didn't think I would make it to my 18th birthday because of how bad my life had gotten in high school, but I graduated and it was the best feeling in the world to graduate and tell off the principal. And I'll have to show you the picture, but there is a picture that I have of like, right when they snapped it, like I'm shaking hands with the principal getting my diploma and Mm -hmm. he's like whispering to me, I'm so proud of you. And I'm like, no, you're not. You're just happy to get rid of me. Don't lie. And then he say like to the camera smile and I'm over here smiling and he has this like shock looked on his face and I have that captured. (laughs) It's so beautiful. Okay. But yeah, that, that was high school. Not, not great. Um, but I grew up, I learned from it and now I'm doing better in college. So we won't stay in high school then too long. All I'm going to ask is really, <laughs> uh, were you thinking about colleges during high school? Were you thinking about being, you know, going and getting your post-secondary education? I was not in full hmm. transparency. I, okay. um, like I said, I didn't think I would make it to my 18th birthday. And when I did make it to my 18th birthday, I didn't think I would graduate because I literally like skipped. When I, I say I skipped half of the first semester of my senior year uh-huh. I'm not kidding like you were... I think I went to school maybe like twice a week three times oh wow like it would be a miracle if it was if I made it through a whole week it would be like a treat if I went three times like three yeah. days in a row out of the five wow. days but yeah I just I didn't think I would graduate um but then it was like college what's what's that I don't yeah. I don't know what that is like they never explained what college was, was. They were just like, you have to apply. You have to get into a college. Whether or not you go is a different story. And I was like, okay, well then I guess I'm going to save money and apply to community colleges because mm-hmm. I know that I'm going to get into them. And they were like, no, you need to apply to four-year universities. And I'm like, with my GPA, do you honestly think I'm going to get into a four-year university? Mm. Really? <laughs> like I had like a two- like a 2.1 2.0 mm-hmm. 1.5 gpa like it was bad mm. um so i didn't really i wasn't really thinking about college i did go into community college i went to ccd um community college of denver from 2013 to 2015 and there i was just like kind of going through the motion and i started really enjoying it because i started learning new things but I didn't know what I wanted to do mm-hmm. and then that's when I took my three-year semester break and then when I went back to community college at Red Rocks that's when I was like okay I know what I want to do now I have a clear direction yeah that's amazing so you your what was your what was the catalyst for you what what made the change what, what made you say you know what I gotta go to college or was did you feel like hey, it's just this the extra step I have to take 
So yeah, at first I thought it was um, just the extra step. And then when I was at CCD, the, the craziest thing happened that I, I will tell you the story and I'm, I swear to you, it's a hundred percent true. Like I'm not, <laughs> I met my biological father when I was Whoa. at CCD. Yeah. Was um, he a student getting a certificate or? No, he, so I went swimming with a friend of mine at the time and we were in downtown Denver mm-hmm. um, at the rec center and I had walked her to the light rail station and I was waiting for my mom to pick me up. And as I was walking to the light rail station with her, I saw this, this guy and I kid you not, he was just sitting there. He was smoking. He was talking with a bunch of other people. Mm -hmm. Um, he was black, had silver white hair, like not salt and pepper hair, but like straight white hair. Yeah. Um, he was dressed in white and I swear to you, he was glowing. Mm. And I was like, that's odd. And I felt like this familiarity, but I was like, eh, whatever. It's probably just some random dude. My mom picked me up and she stopped at a stop sign and she was like, shit shit or sorry she's like you're pressing. Okay. um and I'm like what's going on what's wrong like thinking something is wrong and she looked at me with like a serious face with tears in her eyes and she was like do you want to meet your dad I was like excuse me come again yeah. I'm and I'm looking around like is there a am I, and I'm like looking around like is there like a hidden camera am I being punked like what Mm-hmm. not like out of everything she could have said that was the last thing that like I never thought in a million years she would say that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and she pointed out this man that I had noticed before and she was like that's your dad whoa and I'm like huh and she was like yeah you you have the choice like you can meet him or we can continue driving it's your choice and Juan I swear to you when I I heard a voice in my head that was like, if you don't meet him now, you never will. Mm. And I was like, okay, I'll meet him. And Mm -hmm. I wish some, like, it was better than a telenovela. I wish someone was filming it because I was like, it doesn't seem real. Right. It's super surreal. Yeah. Yeah. So as I I started talking to him and I started getting to know him, Mm -hmm. um, he made it very clear how important school was how important it is to get my degree and to graduate but he didn't like do it in a forceful way he did it in a very loving nurturing way like telling me what had happened to him and because he didn't get his degree and how he doesn't want me to end up like him and the last conversation we had I had promised that I was going to get my diploma I was going to graduate Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, he passed away in 2015. That's why I had to had to take the break. Mm-hmm. And in 2018, I just I I was I was getting stuck. Like I had been through about three jobs. Um, I had left all three jobs, and I was like, okay, well, what do I do now? Because I don't want to work in in retail forever. Right. And I had a dream of that last conversation with him, and I was like, okay that's what I need to do. So the next morning I woke up, I scheduled tours for different community colleges in the area. I did not go back to CCD, which I don't oh, regret yeah. that decision at all. Yeah. Um, but I went to tour a different couple different colleges and I went to Red Rocks and it was like something had clicked. 
that okay. I was like, this is the school. And that's what got me back into to school and got me my, my associate's degree in psychology. And I remember at Red Rocks, one of the first conversations that I had with my, first of all, that's when I learned about what Trio was and like mm. what it offered. And right on. um, the first conversation I had with my advisor was like, he straight up asked me, where do you want to go to university? Mm-hmm. It wasn't like a question of like, are you going? Or like, if you could go, where would you want? He was like, where are you going? Oh, so your advisor laid it out as a, as this is the next step. Yeah. And that's something that no one has ever done for me because everyone else was like, if you go, what would you want to oh, do? If you go, where would you want to go? If you could get accepted, where would you want to go? Right. He was like, okay, where do you want to go? And at the time I, I chose a different school. I, I chose CU Boulder because I was the first school that popped into my head. <laughs> and, we won't hold it against you. Yeah. And he was like, okay, <laughs> we're going to, you said it. I have it right here in writing. We're going to get you there. And ever since then, I was like, I really enjoy school. I really like, I'm getting my degree. I'm going to be able to help people. And as I went into university, like throughout my career at Red Rocks and then into university, I just got shown more and more of this world of higher education and how much of a difference that I can make for people like myself. And Mm. it just gave me the passion that I wanted and the push that I needed to just finish it and do it. (laughs) Absolutely. So it sounds like Red Rocks Community College gave you the catalyst to start looking into higher education and inspiring you for even greater heights. So that's amazing. Um, How long were you there at Red Rocks Community College? Yeah. So I was there from 2018 to 2021, spring of 2021. Wow. So obviously your journey didn't end there. You were talking about possibly transferring to CU Boulder uh, how did Colorado State University come to your mind or even in the discussion? Yeah, so we had um, what started it, what really started it was um, the TRIO program had offered these like, they were just little day trips to visiting different universities. Mm-hmm. Um, so C- CSU, CU Boulder and UNC and Greeley were the three schools that we visited. Um, while I was at uh, community college of Denver. I also was able to visit with their trio program, but still like, they didn't really explain what it was. I just saw, Oh, I can go on trips. Okay. Mm. <laughs> um, That's the hook. Right. <laughs> um, I went to, yeah, I went to UNC. I went to, uh, North Northwestern in how, oh, what is it called in Gunnison? Mm-hmm. Um, I went to, Pueblo, CU Pueblo, and um, CS or CU Colorado Springs. Um, so I went to a bunch of different colleges, but what really started the conversation with CSU was the fact that we visited it. And that was like the first step because I'd never had been on the campus. Like I'd been to Loveland, but I had never been to Fort Collins. Mm. And it was so spread out. Like the campus is so spread out. It's yeah, it's a it's a big campus. Like there's a lot of students, but it doesn't feel big when you're on campus. It feels mm-hmm. like everything is within walking distance. Um, it's very easy to find the buildings, and there's also this so much open space mm, that I, I you agree. can literally like be on campus, 
on a Monday afternoon and like everyone is switching classes. But if you find like the right spot, which I have found, you can't hear anybody. Mm-hmm. Like you're so, it's so nice. Mm-hmm. Um, see you Boulder was the complete opposite of that. It's very crowded, very like put like very, very close together. Like you mm-hmm. have to go through buildings to get to another building and it's very confusing the way their campus is laid out. And then UNC and Greeley was okay. It was just the smell of Greeley and anyone who's from Colorado and understand, like you will know, (laughs) I don't even have to describe it. Um, Understandable. So I was, I started talking to um, the different transfer advisors and it was Katie at CSU who like, was available 24 it seems like 24 7 to me like anytime I sent her an email within a couple hours I would get an email back or like the next day I would get an email back she answered every single question from what's the vibe on campus Mm -hmm. to if I don't want to live on campus but I want to do a meal plan and I want to still eat in the dining hall to if I don't want to come to the school what do I do Oh, wow. So even that discussion, because sometimes that can be a very hard thing to bring up with uh, yeah. another college, right? Like, what if I choose not to come here? That's yeah. that's and so interesting. She made it so easy to have those conversations. And the other schools, they didn't. Um, they didn't make it easy. Like, I had a met with Katie on campus at, um, CS- at CSU because I wanted to continue the conversation face-to-face. So I set up a meeting with her, I scheduled a meeting. Like I actually drove down to Fort Collins and was able to meet with her. Mm-hmm. I did the same to see you Boulder to their tra- with their transfer advisor, because I was like, I'm narrowing down to these two schools. I need to like get more information. Right. And the advisor literally forgot we had an appointment. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> so when it came time to applying, I was like, okay, I'm going to apply to all of the schools within the state um, during the free application day. I literally sat down at my computer for a couple hours and just pumped out all of these applications. And I heard back to all the school, all the schools within, except for one, there's a story with that one. And I had got into all of my schools. I got into CSU and I was like, okay, how do I, this, this is where I'm going. How do I get here? Mm -hmm. The one school that I never heard back from that literally ghosted me was CU Boulder. Oh, no. So I took that as a sign. Like, okay, I guess I was never meant to be above. I was meant to be a Ram. All right. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and it worked out. You, it did. you came to Colorado State University. You brought your wonderful energy here. And uh, it's amazing. And I think the, the university is better for it. Yes. <laughs> Awesome. So I think it's fair to say then that uh, your impression of CSU was very positive. You enjoyed the campus. Uh, Were there any anything specific about academics or programs or majors that really caught your interest? I loved the fact that CSU was part of the big three research campuses in Colorado. So, you know, CSU, CU Boulder, UNC and Greeley because I was looking at the time I was looking at psychology and I still am. Um, So I loved the fact that they had a very good psychology program and a very good like research program for the masters and the PhDs. I also love the fact that I could get my PhD and my masters in psychology 
and one and my undergrad in psychology and like one institution. So mm-hmm. I love the fact that I didn't have to bounce around from institution to institution. I could just do it all in one place. And to me, that was a huge, huge bonus was just being able to develop these rapport with, with my professors, with my advisors and just continuing that and them like knowing, okay, this is what they did for their undergrad. This is, they're going to be really good for graduate or um, they struggled a little bit with this in undergrad. Let's help her with this in graduate school. Like I just really liked that. That's awesome. Hey there. We'll be right back after a message from our sponsor. Are you seeking guidance to enhance your TRIO project's effectiveness and success? Look no further. Nosotros Education Center, NEC, is here to empower your TRIO project with expert consulting services. NEC's mission is to promote the effectiveness and impact of TRIO programs. Since 2003, NEC has specialized in providing professional development and in-service staff trainings, allowable cost services, for TRIO projects across the country. The team at NEC, with over 60 years of combined TRIO experience, offers customized workshops and seminars for project staff, compliance assessments, external evaluations, working on and submitting APRs, database customization and training, developments of policies and procedures manuals, and project implementation or reorganization services. Additionally, NEC has secured over $774 million in federal funding with a 92% success rate through their live and on-demand proposal workshops, assistance with data collection and review, detailed technical reviews, and comprehensive proposal development services. Join the hundreds of colleges, agencies, and TRIO projects across the country who benefited from NEC's expertise. Nosotros Education Center, your partner in TRIO's project success. Visit their website at nosotrosedu.org. Again, that's nosotrosedu.org. And now, back to the podcast. Um, What is it about the field that you chose that fascinates you the most? I, so I love people watching, obviously. Um, but I just, I love learning about people and learning about what makes them tick because people are just so interesting to me. Like there's such a fascinating, like I'm going to call us a species for a minute, but people are just a fascinating species because like, if you look at cats, dogs, like animals, they have their patterns and they're just like programmed to do certain things at certain times. People don't have like they have patterns but they don't have as intricate patterns as animals do Mm, we mm -hmm. go off and do our own thing whenever we want we and it's just it's so fascinating to me but I also love the fact that everybody has a story and first generation students in particular and students with and just or people first generation people higher education and people with disabilities have a different way of thinking than your neurotypical person or mm-hmm. your traditional student. And mm-hmm. just figuring out those differences and like figuring out what makes a person tick when it comes to first gen people and um, 
neurodivergent people like it's just it's so fascinating to me yeah fascinating that, that's wonderful wonderful just to take kind of steal your words a little bit of fascinating yeah um, <laughs> so you also served as a vice president for this past term for a the associated students ASCSU is that did I get that right you got it right <laughs> so what was that experience like that, that for you and what inspired you to run for that position that experience Ah, uh, that that is a tricky one. Like not not a tricky question, <laughs> but I don't regret that experience at all. Like I loved being in that that position. I love the experiences that I got, but some of it was kind of negative. Most of it was positive. Um, but literally what inspired me to run was I this was my second semester mm-hmm. ever at CSU when I was thinking about this. And I was like, you know, I'm still learning the campus. Like I've only been here for a semester. People aren't going to want to vote for me for that. So why don't I like think about something smaller? Like, let me just stay on student government, maybe um, get a position in the executive branch, maybe the judicial branch. And let me just kind of ease my way into it because I was still learning everything. I was still learning the school, still trying to find my, um, my my place mm-hmm. um at this point I had changed my major so this was the second time I had changed my major <laughs> so I was like I'm just gonna gonna ease into it well I had gotten a call and normally when I get phone calls I don't rec and I don't recognize number I don't answer I mm-hmm. that's just me well yeah I mean you get an unknown number people are not gonna answer yeah exactly so I was like okay I'm, I'm not I don't know who this is so I won't answer and then mm-hmm. I get a text message and it said hey, this is Rob from Senate. Um, I have a question for you. And I'm thinking, Rob. Interesting. Do I know Rob? Who's Rob? <laughs> Who? And I more starts, he was like, yeah, I'm the senator for the College of Business. I'm like, oh, I know you, Rob. Okay. Mm. And he was like, you know, I heard you were thinking about running for something. And I was like, yeah, you know, I'm thinking about it, but I don't think it's like I don't think I should it's for me because you know this is just my second semester I'm 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 not sure I'm still trying to find my place and he was like well I was thinking for running for president would you be my vice president and I was like wow okay (laughs) I didn't know what I just said I didn't know what to say that so I was like sure why not what's the worst that can happen we actually get elected sure like and I'm thinking at the time like there's no way we're gonna win whatever Mm -hmm. and we ended up being the only ones on the ballot and we ended up winning and I was like wow oh my second semester and I'm already the incoming student body vice president that's amazing congratulations on that Elijah that is (laughs) that is amazing I mean did you have to do a lot of campaigning to get elected yeah, I that was the part that like really surprised me because I was part of student government at the community college level. And you think the community college level, like they have Red Rocks had like last time I talked to the president, which was last week, she said that they have like 3,000 students. Mm-hmm. So coming from an institution that only has 3,000 students to an institution that has 33,000 wow. was a huge change. And I bet. At Red Rocks, like you run, like my fiance was student body vice president at Red Rocks. 
but he didn't campaign for the entire school. He was voted in by the student government. So Mm -hmm. I thought, okay, that's just how it's going to be. No, I, you had to campaign for two weeks. You had, you had campaigning with the entire school, like, because it was a student body that voted. And I'm like, that is very different than what I'm used to. Definitely. Um, So I was out there all those two weeks, like, pound and pavement handing out flyers talking to students and getting the name out there I did um radio interviews we did uh tv interviews um with the CSU TV we did newspaper interviews we talked to different classes and like different organizations and those were the longest two weeks of my life Mm. (laughs) like it was a lot yeah and then when elections opened that Monday, we found out that there was a write-in candidate. Um, and we were like, okay, cool. You know, we wanted people to run against us because that was our theme throughout the entire two weeks was we don't care who you are, vote. If you want to make a change, run with us. Like we open, we were opening the invitation to you all. Mm-hmm. Um, these write-in candidates, they only had three days of campaigning during the election, during the um, voting season, the voting time, they had in those three days, they had gotten the most votes for a riding candidate wow. in the history of ASCSU in three days. That so is... I was like, imagine what you could have done if you were taking the, that entire two weeks. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Was and it, I'm not gonna lie, the position was very hard. Um, it it was very challenging. It got me to question myself and my leadership, but I also learned a lot about myself and my leadership and what I want to do. So right on, right yeah. on. That's always good to know, right? Like when you experience something, what you learn from it. Um, now that you serve your term, what's next for you at CSU? Yeah, so I'm going to be coming back to um, AAC, being a peer mentor, because I I absolutely love it. Um, But I'm, I think I'm either going to come back to Senate and be a senator for the first generation students and be a voice for students or go on to the judicial branch and um, work on making ASCSU a little bit more cohesive, a little bit better, like a little bit more put together. And the reason why I say judicial branches, because if I do that, then I would have been part of all three branches. Oh, cool. Yeah. And um, I had talked to the advisors and the co-advisors and they said that maybe like a handful of students have done that in the 52 years that ASCSU has been, been a thing. So Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Uh, Elijah, can you tell us about what the AAC is? Because you keep saying AAC, and I, in the beginning of the episode, we we were talking a little bit about the AAC, but can you tell us what the AAC is and uh, how did you learn about it? Yeah, so I the AAC, and you'll maybe you'll have to help me with this. Um, uh, sure, <laughs> but, I can jump in. The AAC is the Academic Advancement Center at CSU, and it's essentially CSU's trio program. And to my understanding, it's for students who are low income, students with disabilities and first generation students. Is that, 
Did I get that? That is right? correct. You are on, the, on the spot. <laughs> First generation limited income and students with disabilities. So you're uh, you're spot on. Yay. Um, and it's meant to be like an extra, an extra branch, an extra, an extra arm helping, helping hands. Um, we have tutors that are specific to the AAC that only AAC students um, have access to. We have I call them advisors, but they're retention specialists, which in my mind, I hear retention specialists. And I'm like, are you, are you trying to keep me from dropping out? Are you trying to retain me? But, <laughs> I mean, that's in the title, right? The, the, the right. objective is to keep you going from semester yeah. to semester. Um, but they're, they're advisors. Um, some, I say that some of my mentors are within AAC because I just, any door that's open, I knock. I'm like, hey, what you doing? <laughs> oh, you're free? Cool. I have word vomit. I need help. <laughs> and most of the time they're like, okay, yeah, come in, close the door. What can I help you with? There are sometimes they're, they're like, I can't help you right now, but is maybe if there's another advisor you can go to, or if you want to schedule a time later, I'm like, okay, I'll go see who's, uh, whose door is open. And <laughs> like 95% of the time I can find someone who's available. Yeah. Um, we also have uh, like do field trips with AAC students. Like um, there are sometimes that like the group has gone to Meow Wolf in Denver oh, yeah, or yeah. Um, the ballet mm -hmm. during the winter season um, within Fort Collins. Um, so yeah, that's that's what AAC is. And am I am I missing anything? No, no, you're good. I was going <laughs> to ask you a follow up: is in what ways did it help you? Yeah, so it helped me it helped me stay at CSU honestly it helped um, you stay. okay because this past semester it's probably like the my entire time at CSU has been very rocky it's not a, a smooth road but I'd be like looking at it side-eyed if it wasn't was a smooth road because I'd be mm. like okay it's not, something's wrong here this is too easy why am I why is this road smooth and paved like what happened to the rocks what happened to the potholes like <laughs> something's wrong <laughs> Um, but it has really like, it's just helped me find my purpose. Like, yeah, I, I was student body vice president, but at the time, I also, during that time, I was a peer mentor and I've been a peer mentor as I was during the entire time. And I loved being a peer mentor more than I loved being vice president because oh, wow. at least like yeah, with vice president, like you can make a change, an institutional change, but there's no mm -hmm. guarantee that that change will stick. Like there's right. no guarantee that the administration will go with that change. There's no guarantee that um, the board of governors would agree to that change. So it's kind of hit and miss. Mm -hmm. With being a peer mentor and connecting with my students, I know that I'm making a change in their life. Like it's, it's smaller. Yes. Like I have, I think so far I've had about 15, 30 students, but I know that I'm making a, a difference in their life. I know that I'm helping them in a way and I can see that I'm helping them. Whereas the student body, like I can't, I'm pretty sure I could talk to all 33,000 students. It would be kind of tough, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but I can't make those connections and I can't like, I'm not a hundred percent sure that I'm making a change in their lives um plus like AAC has given me a glimpse of what my future can look like with careers that's awesome um, yeah that's AAC is where I learned that I really wanted to be a part of 
higher education. Like I knew that I wanted to help students. I knew that I wanted to help first generation students um, because my road to higher ed was like, I felt like I was walking barefoot on gravel. It was Mm. so hard. Mm -hmm. Um, So I wanted to try and make it easier for students like me. But AAC is what showed me this is what it's called. This is what we do. And it just like, it gave me that road. Like you can be here too. You can do this too. Yeah. Um, You know, it's even given, it's as weird as it sounds, it's even given me confidence to speak up for myself and advocate for myself. And, um, you know, I said, I had talked to the president of Red Rocks Community College last week and I asked her like, hey, do you have any openings within your school that I would be able to to join the team because this is what I want to do? And she's like, yeah, I think we can find some places for you. Let me let me see what we can do. And like I was able to get that conversation started and I wouldn't have been able to do that hadn't I learned how, how to do that. And AAC taught me how to do that. That's amazing, Elijah. That's amazing. Um, what is something memorable so far in your participation with the AAC that sticks out in your mind? What what have you enjoyed the most? Mm. Do you want me to pick just one? I am <laughs> putting you to only one. I'll be lenient. You could do a top three, but that's it. All right. All right. <laughs> um, I think the one that like comes to mind, like there is one that comes to mind and that was the end of semester celebration. Oh yeah. Yeah. Those are um, I wasn't, I wasn't able to go to the one in the spring because I had literally just forgotten about it, Oh, but the one you. in the, the one in the fall, um, I remember we all got together, the, um, staff, some of the, um, administration, and the graduating students and their families. And I just, seeing how we honored the graduating students and like was able to give them this beautiful send off. Mm-hmm. It was like, I wanna do that. I wanna get there. How do I get there? Because, you know, growing up, higher education was not something that I had thought was possible. I, I hadn't even thought about it. Like we've talked about it, about it. I haven't, I didn't even think about it. And I see how these students were being honored and going on to bigger and better things and making a difference in the world. I was like, it brought tears to my eyes. It was so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the, that's the one thing that comes to mind. So I was able to give it to to just one. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. I like how you narrowed it down. Uh, Reflecting on your experience and your college journey, what is something that you would change? Oh, my college journey. Asking for help sooner. Mm, That seems to be kind of a a running thread among TRIO students and first-generation students is asking for help. Why why do you think that uh, may be the thing? Yeah, so I think for me, for me personally, it was a combination of, I didn't know what resources were available to me. And growing up, I was always like growing up, I had to figure out how to do things on my own. You know, Mm -hmm. my mom was working, my grandparents, like they were working, but they also like spent time with me. They also raised me. 
but mm-hmm. they were I love them dearly but they were so out of touch to what my childhood <laughs> was like and their childhood and their like their age so yeah. I didn't know how to ask for help I didn't know like that I could ask for help because I was just so used to doing everything on my own like yeah i wanted to learn how to make hot dogs I literally watched a YouTube video for it which Mm. is I still burnt them (laughs) (laughs) in boiling water how I burnt them in boiling water I don't know how I did that but I did um (laughs) so like I was always used to researching things and just figuring things out on my own but when I went to CCD I didn't know that there were resources for me to help me figure out what I wanted to do. Um, It wasn't until I went to Red Rocks that I learned that there were like career aptitude tests that I can take to figure out which degree path would be most suited for me. I didn't know that um, the TRIO program, like, yeah, I knew about it, but I didn't know just the extent of it. I didn't know that I could ask teachers like, Hey, I'm having a bad mental health week. I need extensions 95% of the time. If you ask them before the due date, they're able to give you those extensions. Mm -hmm. Like, I just didn't know that these were, were options for me until slowly I learned it. And then when I got to CCD or CSU and I started working with AAC more, I started learning, Hey, it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to, to ask for guidance. It's okay to be vulnerable and still be protective of yourself, but still be like, Hey, I'm having a bad mental health week. I'm going to need the week off. Okay. Mm. No big deal. Just, um, we'll see you back here on Monday and we'll figure it out. Yeah. So, yeah. Wonderful. What are your plans this summer? Because uh, the summer is coming up pretty very, it's, it's almost here. Like you have this week and then that's it. I'm doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's a good plan. Um, I'm still gonna I'm still gonna take classes because I um had recent recently <laughs> changed my major again. So this marks number four. <laughs> but you know what? That's what that's what college is. You you change your major and you figure out what fits. Um mm-hmm, no mm-hmm. shame. I have no shame. Um, but I'm I'm gonna do at least two classes. Um I I'm working with um, a group called Accepted Consulting and Accepted Society, which I can definitely go into that on a later date. Wow. Yeah. Um, but it's a really amazing group that was built by students for students, and it's absolutely wonderful. So I'm working with them, uh, running a study group at night on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Um, and then, yeah, other than that, I'm going to be sitting by my pool reading because I have like 14, 15 books on my TBR <laughs> list that I have got throughout the, throughout the year. Yeah. Um, Alex and I, my fiance, we're going to be taking some road trips. So um, we're going to go to Iowa to see his family and then possibly to San Diego later in the semester. We'll see or later in the summer. We'll see how that goes. But other than that, I'm doing nothing. I'm All just right. relaxing and taking care of myself. That's what summer should be. Some uh, <laughs> relaxing and taking care of yourself. Uh, you recently became engaged. Can you tell yeah. us a little bit about that? Yeah. So like I said, we've been together for eight years. Um, I met Alex actually a week after my dad passed away. Um, 
he met me here he found me I like to say it because I was just in a really dark spot Mm. um I was being extremely reckless and I will leave that up to the imagination (laughs) um but before I could do anything like I was on the verge of being reckless but before I could do anything he found me and he stopped me Mm -hmm. and it just was like love at first sight and you know we've we've had our arguments of course because every couple does we have our disagreements um we're definitely not on the same path like he's computer science um he and I'm more psychology and the humanities part of things he recently got or not recently but within like the last three years got a really really good paying job um so he pays for literally everything I don't I work because I choose to because I want to mm-hmm. um and we graduated from the same the same community college and both raised by single moms but yeah he's he's my friend I can go on and on and I feel like I'm like oh, a schoolgirl yeah. every time I talk about him <laughs> but yeah he's he's my forever human that's awesome uh what do you hope to do after you graduate from college yeah so I hope to either I have two, two, two plans, two things that I, I can go either way. The first one is working either at CSU or Red Rocks, working in higher education, working with students, and then getting my, working on getting my master's in higher education um, and psychology. So that's the first one. The second one is once I graduate, going straight into grad school and working on my master's and right just... Working with students still, but part time. All right, that's awesome. What advice would you ha- do you have for students who are thinking about going to college? Go to community college first. See if it solid like, advice. That that's the main thing because I see a lot of, I have seen a lot of um, 18, 19 year olds straight fresh out of high school, going into university and. I see them around campus and they're like deer cotton headlights. Like they, mm. so most of them don't know what they're doing. They kind of just make it up as they go along, which to be <laughs> fair, that that's what I do too. Um, but it's very different going from high school into university and being going from like being a big fish in a small pond to a small fish in the freaking ocean. And it's it's tough because you know you have your your general ed classes and you're one of like 200 students and it's very hard to build rapport with your professors and make those connections and learn how to make those connections mm-hmm. whereas mm-hmm. community college like yeah i'm i'm older i'm an older student but it literally was the best thing that I could have done is go to community college because there you have smaller class sizes you can explore a little bit more what you want to do and it's very low risk so when I was in community college I think I changed my major like three four times and each time was like okay classes I've already taken still translates into the new major Mm -hmm. whereas Mm -hmm. in university you only have a short window to do that. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, at then you just end up wasting money at that point because you're taking classes that don't count towards anything. Yeah. 
me with changing my major so many times, I'm very thankful because the, each time I've changed my major, I still have classes that fit in to the major that I change it to either with as electives or um, core classes. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm not having like seeing a lot of those those repercussions but I know eventually like once I start getting into my higher classes I will um but with community college like you can explore you can figure out what you want to do you can have fun and it's very low stakes Mm -hmm. so if you want to go into higher education start with community college see if that's like right for you and if that's right for you finish it get your associates And then if you decide that you want to go on to university, you can. And then when you go to university, you're literally transferring in as a junior. Mm -hmm. So all of those core classes, like you've done them already. And you only have two years as opposed to four years or um, however many years it takes you. Yeah. What about advice that you have for TRIO students? Any words of wisdom for them? Any words of wisdom for them? Yes. Same thing, like just, you know, if you're, well, I guess if you're in a trio program, you're already in community college or higher education. (laughs) Somewhere Um, in the past, right? Right. (laughs) (laughs) I guess like, don't be afraid to ask for help. Don't be afraid to explore what you want to do because that's like the best thing that, in my opinion, trio offers is it gives you that chance to explore. It gives you that chance to look at different things and there's low to zero repercussions. It gives you the chance to explore different areas of things that you want to do. And you, you, you're not paying for it. Like mm-hmm. it's already paid for. So take advantage of it. Like, and if you're like me, like go to, if you're at CSU, go to Gibbons and just, like you don't have to talk to your specific advisor, your specific retention specialist. You can talk to anyone and everyone is going to be able to help you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well said. Um, what is one word you would use to describe yourself? Chaotic. Chaotic? <laughs> Chaotic why? I just realized I answered that way too fast. That was a very quick answer. Uh, Elijah, I'm telling you, uh, so I usually ask this question to to the guests and they give me these one word answers, right? I usually use that as their title for their episode. (laughs) (laughs) So you're going to see chaotic Elijah Sandoval. Yep. I'm chaotic. Like I... I just, I, I, I just, I like so many random things. I like so many different things. I change my mind all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very rare that I like have one thing and I stick to it. And I also, it's part of being neurodivergent because I get bored very easily and I'm always want to like change it up and do different things. Right. But just my childhood, the way I was raised, like my higher education journey, like it's all been chaotic. And you ask any of my friends, like how they would describe me. And I'm about 95% of them would say chaotic because that's just me. I'm, (laughs) I'm chaos. (laughs) So then the, the episode is aptly named chaotic or can we call it chaos? What, What would you prefer? Chaotic organization. 
chaotic organization. Okay. Yeah, or so, or something along those lines. Because like, yeah, I'm chaotic, but I'm also tame. I'm organized. I'm very like thoughtful and um, intentional. So yeah, I, I don't know, but definitely chaotic. <laughs> well, between now and before we publish the episode, feel free to change it if you want, or we can keep chaotic. I, I don't mind either one. So if we see chaotic, you know, I didn't change it. If it shows chaos. up on the feed as chaotic, it's because <laughs> Elijah said we need to keep it that way. Yep. <laughs> uh, now, kind of a good segue into the next question. Are there any books, TV shows, movies, podcasts, or things that you've been engaging in that you would like to recommend to our audience? Ooh, so really like anything that sparks your interest, listen to it, read up on it, learn about it. Um, it like for me, I've been on a, a true crime kick, so that's also part of the chaos. <laughs> right um, but then also I've been learning a lot about like um organization like I've been reading building a second brain and I can't remember who is his author the author is um but I've been reading that I've been reading um there's a book called burnout I've been reading that um there's a book about how to set boundaries and I'll send you a list on like all of it um so like those are those are mine but really like and then also for tv shows I've been weirdly obsessed with young sheldon oh okay but i don't like big bang theory Mm, so i don't know how that that translates but it does um and then for like games i have been obsessed with harry potter legacies i i love it i'm a true slytherin to the heart so (laughs) that's my house um but yeah just little bit of everything for me but really like if there's something that sparks your interest and there's something that you love learning about like or just like that makes you happy read it like watch it listen to it do it as long as it's not illegal obviously (laughs) (laughs) yeah awesome uh elijah it has been a pleasure to have you on this podcast we will definitely do a follow-up episode uh, sometime in the future and uh yeah we'd love to have you on again i would love that that sounds amazing this has been so much fun and yeah i just want to spread the chaos everywhere i can (laughs) (laughs) love it uh so we have a tradition on the let's talk trio podcast where we have the guests sign off uh you do you care to do the honors i would be honored to Hi, this is Elijah Sandoval, and I am a participant of the AAC at Colorado State University. I am chaotic. I am wild. I am put together. I am a first-gen student, and TRIO works. Are you a participant? alum, or staff of a TRIO program? Do you want your program highlighted? You or your program could be featured in an upcoming episode of Let's Talk TRIO. Get a hold of us by going to our Facebook page or Instagram and send us a direct message. Search for Let's Talk TRIO. We want to get your story to the public. That was our guest, Elijah Sandoval, 
from Colorado State University's Academic Advancement Center. Elijah, thank you so much for being on the podcast and for sharing your trio story. Remember, if you would like to be on the Let's Talk Trio podcast or know a staff, advocate, or participant or alumni, send us an email at letstalktrio at gmail.com. That email again is L-E-T-S-T-A-L-K-T-R-I-O at gmail.com. Again, a huge thanks to our sponsors, Angelica Villalpando, Dr. Jamie Motley, Dr. Ryan Barone, Angelica Valdez, Rosario Riley, TrioJobList.com, Nosotros Education Center, Jaded Electronics, and Student Access. Thank you all so much for your continued support of this podcast. Remember, you can support or be a patron of this podcast. If you want to be a patron of this podcast, head on over to Patreon, search for Let's Talk Trio. Select one of four levels to support this podcast. You can support this podcast for as little as a dollar a month. A dollar a month does go a long way in supporting this podcast. If you own a business and would like to advertise on this podcast, we have a sponsorship level for businesses. Connect with us for details. I'd like to take a moment to thank our honorary members of the Let's Talk Trio podcast, Roderick Chambers, Tony Ho, Scott Kendall, and Susan Cramp. The Let's Talk Trio podcast team is John Russell, audio engineer, music producer and composer, and post-production editor. Amelia Castañeda, script supervisor, marketing manager, social media manager, and producer. Juan Rivas, executive producer and host. This episode was recorded Monday, May 8th, 2023. Remember, your right to vote is crucial. Thank you so much for listening, and we will catch you on the next episode.